Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to share a special offer for our listeners, and it's called the Makeover Your Marriage Bundle. Hun, real quick, tell just a little bit about it before we get into the podcast. Yeah, the Makeover Your Marriage Bundle consists of four of my most popular programs and teaching packages combined. You get Christian Wife University, the Wisdom for Wives online conference, Five Days to a Better Marriage eCourse, Communication and Marriage Workshop, and a complimentary three-day, two-night stay in a deluxe hotel at any one of 50 locations in the U.S. Wait for it. For only $97. $97. Nice. You can find out more at jolienangle.com forward slash makeover. Now, while everyone's considering this opportunity to strengthen their marriage, uh, let's go ahead and get into the podcast. And then we'll have more information about this package at the end of the episode. Hi, I'm Eric Engel with my wonderful wife, Jolene, with another episode of The Marriage Mentor. Okay, so we're going to try something new in this podcast because we've been using SpeakPipe uh, where people can actually call in and leave their message live. So we're going to listen to Ayana right now and then we'll get into the program. Dear Jolene, my situation, I'm Russian and 27-year-old. My husband, 33-year-old, and is from Zimbabwe. We met in Kenya, got married, been together for two years. He has a job and I'm a freelance stylist. I've been, use, I've been feeling useless like my life is not going anywhere. And here's why. I really want a baby, but my husband says we can't afford it financially yet. He says we have to buy a house first and then save up for a baby. But we have been trying to save up all through these two years and haven't been successful. When I tell him that we can't, we can't cut down on eating out and other things, he says that he doesn't want to have to sacrifice his lifestyle for anything. I'm trying to follow him and be obedient, but I also have the sense of being useless and my heart aches to have a baby. What should I do? Wow, okay, so yeah, you're definitely at a crossroads. And as I think about um, the question that came over, uh, I thought about how many decisions are in front of us each and every day and and how do we make the best choices. So what I really see in that question is how to m- make wise decisions when you're at a crossroads and whether, you know, you're looking to have a baby, you're looking to move, you're looking to, you know, go into ministry, whatever it is, we need to go back to the word of God. Otherwise, our emotions will get the better of us. And one of the things that I think in my mind when I'm making decisions is, will my decision bring me to a place where I'm closer to Christ or further away from him? And the scripture that comes to my mind is 1 Corinthians 10, 23 and 24. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. And in this case, this woman's husband um, is not... He doesn't want to give up his lifestyle. So there's some selfishness there going on. Um, But there could also be some fear on his part when he's looking to have more of an income because the husband is the head of the the home. He is to be the provider. And that is a lot of pressure that husbands carry. Right, my love? Absolutely. But here's something else. I mean, yeah, there may be some fear there. But you know that if you 
if you ever have to wait until you're financially ready to have kids, it'll never happen. No one would would ever have a kid. <laughs> right, right. Okay, right. and so, you know, I I think ultimately he's got a nice life and he does want to change it. Yes. And he wants a house first. And he, he wants, wants the house this. First. And he wants that. And his wife wants a baby. Now there there are two things going on. He wants his life, and she, in essence, wants her life. Because she f- said that she felt useless. Right. Uh, okay. And and frankly, <clears throat> not having kids does not make you useless. No, but there is something in us as as women um, that I believe that God put in us to um, want to be fr- fruitful and multiply. The Bible does talk about that back in Genesis. So I could see the heart here for this woman of, I want to do that. But if your entire life hinges on, um, I can't wait to be a mom. Oh boy, you're you're going to have a tough road then later on when you do become a mom because if you're looking for your children or your future children to bring fulfillment for you, um I I got news for you. That you're going to have a tough road ahead because even as as parents and moms as we're raising kids, they should never be an idol. Okay? So as I look at this woman, she wants purpose and I know when my kids are really young and you're wiping the noses and wiping the bottoms and kissing the boo-boos, it's the day in and day out. And the last thing you feel like is that you are you have some great purpose. Although I'm shaping the life of a child, I'm raising up godly offspring, which is um, what God wants. But in those mundane seasons, that's the la- we, we don't feel as young moms that, oh, we're fulfilling this great purpose. We have to go back to scripture to remind us of that. But our emotions are saying, isn't there something more for us? So as this woman is struggling, isn't there something more for me and I feel useless? My encouragement is, what can you do for the Lord? What is it that you could do for the Lord in this situation? Well, and I would also ask, what is her relationship with the husband? Right. Because obviously, if she's looking for children to fulfill her life, then something's missing there in in the marriage. In the marriage. In the marriage, and also your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I could say to a single woman, if her her number one goal in life is to get married, I'd ask her, well, so what's your relationship like with Jesus Christ? Do you not feel fulfilled in him? Now, there's nothing wrong. Please hear me if a single woman is listening. Please hear me when I say there's nothing wrong with desiring marriage. I think that God has put that in a a woman's heart as well. Um, But you have to reconcile, am I content in my relationship with Jesus Christ? with where he's got me, whether you're single or married, whether you have children or, or you don't. You know, well, I look at Hannah in the Bible. Hannah's like, please, please, Lord, give me a baby. Well, okay? if you're, look, if you're not content, then your whole life is a mess. And, yes. I, and I can think of a gal that <clears throat> we've known in the past who she's not married and she's just angry and bitter about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so it's destroyed her life. It consumes her. Right. And, and ultimately she's looking for a husband to fulfill a void that the Lord should fulfill. Right. And it's the same premise here with this, this young woman is that she wants that baby to maybe fulfill that void. Um, but let's go back to what can she do? Um, contentment is key. Well, Learning hey, to be content. Yes. And before you go into that, she did leave another message that talked about, she would have to go back to her home country of Russia to work to make this money right. uh, so they could afford to do this sort of thing. Uh, my answer to that is absolutely no. No way. No. No way. I mean, it, don't do that, you know, because you're forsaking your relationship with your husband. You're, you're trying to 
you're trying to do something that uh, the Lord will make provision for you to do without right. splitting up your marriage. The Lord is never in favor of doing that. Right, right. Well, and you know, you're going to be faced with temptations. He'll be faced with temptations, sexual temptations. His wife's not there. His wife's in another country. And she said in that other message that she'd have to stay there, I think, for like a year. Yeah, that that's never a smart move. You always have to look at, you know, when you're making a decision, how's it going to affect the people in my life? Will it draw you closer to the Lord? Will it draw you closer to your husband? Will it draw you away from them? You know, oftentimes we have our dreams in front of us and we want to pursue those dreams, whether it's um, uh, becoming, let's say, an author. Oh, I want to become an author. And that pursuit could be a godly pursuit, but I could forsake my family in the process. Okay, that is that right there is I'm outside the will of God. Well, and I can't tell you how many times people do not look to the end when they make decisions because a lot of times... They will forsake raising their family or they'll forsake uh, their relationship with their spouse to make more money. Right. So they can eat at Del Taco more often. Right, right. Choose people over possessions. Okay. So that is something every every woman, every person should always have in their mind. Um, The decision that you're going to make is... The people are more important than the possessions. And I, I, I get, you know, having financial fear. I've, I've lived that path and I still live it, you know, on a regular basis. But that's another podcast. So when you're making decisions, keep in mind that the people are more important than the possessions. Now, let's go back to her purpose. She okay. felt she felt useless. Right. Okay? So here's something to consider. Every daughter of the king has a purpose. Every believer has a spiritual gift that God has given to just them. And I would encourage this woman to go figure out what that spiritual gift is. Go read Romans. It's in the book of Romans there, and it's also in the book of Corinthians. Go read those passages and really pray, Lord, how can you use me? Because I could, as a married woman, I have children, and I could still feel like I have no purpose. Even though I know I've influenced my husband and I shape my children, There, God has given us more to do more, um, to be more for him. Um, But if I'm consumed with, I'm not content in this home, I'm not content in our lifestyle, that discontentment averts our eyes away from what God would have us to do for him. We're here to exist to bring him glory. And I can't tell you how many times I'll hear Christian women that will say, Um, they don't feel like they have a purpose or they don't know what it is. They don't know what God's will is for their life. Just go out and try something. I know when I got involved in ministry, the very first ministry that I signed up for was children's ministry. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'd like to teach these kids. And then I soon found out I was really kind of babysitting them. I didn't have an opportunity to teach them. And I thought, yeah, this is not for me. And then I went to go serve in the bookstore. And boy, was that a big fat mistake because that was just absolute death for me because it's all quiet and you're just putting order there and it was just, it wasn't a good fit. But you got to keep trying to, you know, oh, maybe I'll sign up for that ministry. You pray about it. You ask the Lord, where should I go? And if there's a need, raise your hand and go see, is that a good fit? Well, and the Bible says that we are his workmanship created for good works in Christ Jesus that he prepared before us or beforehand. So right there, it tells us what is our purpose is to go out and live for Christ. Now, uh, ultimately, uh, she's got a she's got an issue. She's got some desires, right? Okay, and based on what you teach and what we teach to couples and such, I would recommend that she learn how to influence her husband, which she can surely learn from you and 
and things you've written and and right there's there's a key component there that is missing in the marriage that why isn't he listening to the heart of his wife he's listening more to his desires okay and maybe he's not saved i don't know if he's a believer okay i that's one one question that didn't I don't have an answer to. So if he's not a believer, can she influence him? She sure can. She sure can. It might take a little bit longer because, you know, he should be willing, if he is a believer, he should be willing to raise up godly offspring. The Bible is clear. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay? Right. So he's either saying, I'm going to ignore that verse, or, gee, I didn't know that verse existed, or I'm having a really hard time with that verse. So what would be some more resources that she could go to to learn how to influence her husband and build that relationship with him more? Oh, well, I have the Wisdom for Wives conference coming up. I mean, it's a great um, learning tool for every wife, whether she's a new believer, she's been married, you know, for a short amount of time or she's been married for years. Uh, We have 11 uh, speakers that are all set up to bring various messages. And the beauty of this conference is it's online. You get to um, watch the videos in the privacy of your own home. You don't have to get on a plane and fly across the world, spend hundreds of dollars to to learn. Because what I find often in marriages, and specifically Christian marriages, because that's who I write to, is the woman is left feeling empty and um, disconnected from her husband. You know, she walked down the aisle and the, and the, the gown was gorgeous. The, she had the butterflies. Everything was wonderful. And then life happens. And now she's discontent and disrespect has grown in her heart. Maybe even some bitterness or contempt for her husband. And it's just like, okay, girlfriend, let me teach you how to have that marital union that God intended. Well, he's probably not giving her the attention he did before. Oh, no. And most men don't once they get married. They're like, oh, I caught her. I wooed her. I pursued her. And So, so what's wrong with these guys? I would never do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would never do that. What's wrong with these it's guys? It's human nature. And, and part of it is the husbands and wives don't realize they've come down off an emotional high. You know, it was just, you know, absolutely wonderful and glorious, that, that newness of their relationship, and it wears off. And now they're like, oh, well... Ho-hum, it's, yeah, the married life, the old ball and chain type of theory that they present. It's well, and there's, like, there's a pursuit there. Right. And now the pursuit's <laughs> over, unless she creates that again. Unless she creates that again. And, you know, the woman might be saying, listening to this, well, I'm sick and tired of being the one to go make the change. Well, girlfriend, let me tell you something. God has given you that position of influence, Okay. No other woman has it. And so, she, you know, you might feel a little slighted because you're thinking, well, why am I the one to always draw closer to him? Okay? Because that's how God designed it. God designed you to influence. What happens is we don't know how. And so we react. Our emotions come out. They're not a good emotions. It's the freak out, lash out, snap emotions. And that is not going to cause a husband to say, hey, yeah, I'd like to spend some more time with you, honey. You know, he's going to be running for the hills. Right, because she was on her best behavior when they were dating. Well, it was an easier behavior, okay? Just like how his was easier because it was the the behavior of the newness of the emotions. Well, and both of them were. Yes. Obviously, they want to put their best foot forward so they don't get dumped. Right. Because they want to move forward in this relationship. Once, Once they've caught each other or he's caught her... Uh, for so many marriages, now they're done. They stop investing. They stop investing. And sometimes they stop investing because they don't know, hey, I should be more intentional about cultivating this relationship. 
or life has hit them hard. And I understand the storms of life. I understand, oh my gosh, how many more tsunamis need to run through our life where I feel like I'm drowning and my marriage is drowning with these trials. So those are other things that we'll talk about at the conference because there is a way to make sure that your marriage doesn't drown in the midst of the trials. And and sometimes too, we just, we didn't have the tools. You know, what does the Bible say about some of this stuff? So I want to bring those tools to the wife. But in this wife's case, in making, um, how to make wise decisions, let me run through a few more things. Let me ask you a few more questions. Um, when you're at this crossroads, will your decision cause you to be strengthened, encouraged, and equipped in the Lord? Okay, that's another question that you have to ask yourself. Whether, you know, you're wanting to have a baby or you want to get a job or you're wanting to move. Will this decision cause you to be strengthened, encouraged, and equipped in the Lord? Because many times we'll go off and make a decision based on our feelings. Well, and that's a that's a very interesting point that you bring up because that's been a theme in your life, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so so every time you make a decision, walk us through this process. What do you do? I filter it through the Word of God because I know that my heart is desperately wicked and easily deceived. The Bible talks about that. You know, um, I don't know the verse off the top of my head, but it does it does talk about that. And I'm a stupid woman, point blank. I mean, simple as that. If I run my life off of my emotions, you could bet your bottom dollar I'm going to make some poor decisions. Okay? It's just, it's going to happen. Okay? Okay? So what I try and do, I picture in my brain, in my mind, in my mind's eye, I have my Bible kind of like above my head. Like I'm holding it up above my head. And I use it like this filter. As if, okay, there's a decision in front of me and I'm taking that decision and I'm filtering it through the word of God. And as I do that, I go back to what does the Bible say? Always, always, always I want to choose what the Bible has to say and not what my emotions have to say. I'm safe. I could stand on the truth. I could stand on God's promises. Now, I might not understand how it's all going to work out because I could be freaking out. But I'm like, I know if I stand on the rock, I'm safe. If I stand on my emotions, nope. Right. Bad move there. Right. Okay. So, and I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about your emotions. I mean, that is a big area for women um, at the conference. Uh, I sent out a survey. I asked my gals, hey, what would you like me to talk on? And one of them, one of the topics I had was how to rein in your emotions so you don't tear down your house. And we, as women, are so governed by our emotions. We have the hormones. We have everything that comes into play. And we feel like this bundle of mess. And we're like a ship without a rudder. And so my heart is, okay, let me take you back to what the Bible has to say. Because you're safe on the standing there on the truth. Standing there knowing that Christ is guiding you as opposed to me guiding me. Me guiding me, that, that that's just a disaster waiting to happen, you know. <laughs> and here's another question to ask yourself. Will your decision ultimately glorify the Lord? Okay, I look at... Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay? Great question to ask yourself when you're going to go make that decision. Okay. Simple. So, so, but I don't want to, I want to do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, have a good time with that. Okay, it's not going to go well for you. It's just not. I mean, you could like, you know, hope it does, but you have no assurance there. I know I have the assurance if I choose the path that is a God-honoring path, that is the center of the will of God, and how do you know the will of God? You go back to what the Bible says. Simple one. Will this decision ultimately glorify the Lord? Me leaving my husband for a year, I'm setting I'm setting up our marriage for a lot of temptation. Right. Okay. That's not a smart move. Okay. Because the enemy, he is 
Satan is not only the enemy of our souls, but he's the enemy of our marriage. Okay, so I decide to leave you for a year because I want to go pursue something. I've set up our marriage to have a crack in it. Uh, I want to have a relationship and you're not there, so I'm going to find someone else to have a relationship Somebody with. else is going to either meet your emotional needs or your physical needs. That's not going to be me. Right. And so, Skype, Skype can't do that. So then you come back and you're all bent out of shape because I've gone off someplace right. else, but you left the marriage for a good reason. For a good reason. Okay? And you but know, it's... it could be even an honorable reason. It could be, hey, you know, I have this opportunity to go make an impact for the kingdom of God and, you know, maybe speak to thousands of people or start this evangelistic program or do a ministry. But I always have to go back to what is, I'm, I'm a married woman. I need to stand at my post. It's it's the order of priorities. Absolutely. Because there are a lot of godly things that can be sinful things if they're outside of your it's priorities. Not the center, you're not in the center of God's will. And I think about um, uh, the Saul in Scripture. You know, the Israelites wanted a king. And, and Samuel is just kind of like, and God's saying no. Okay. But they were adamant. I want a king. I want a king. Okay, fine. Here's your king. And choke on him. Okay. So here you got Saul. Who they chose. It, was God, it wasn't God who chose Saul. The people chose him. I right. want him, I want him, I right. want him. And that's God's permissible will. He allowed it. Okay, then you got... His perfect will would have been, just let me be your king. But he's like, okay, fine, people. Here you go. I'm going to allow it, but it's not what's best for you. Right, Okay. right. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because even in that story of Saul, there was a time when Saul was supposed to wait for Samuel to show up. Right, to, and, and to do the blessing, I'd have to review the story, but he was supposed to wait, and he didn't. And he's like, I want to get this thing going, okay? And it could have been construed that, hey, this is an honorable thing. He wants to get this worship going for the Lord, et cetera, et cetera. And, and what happened? Yeah, it didn't go so well. Well, it didn't go so well, but... Well, he pulled another stunt like but, that. But at that sheep. point, at that point, then God... Uh, brought, in essence, a curse on Saul because of that. Right, right. So always when you're making your decisions, filter them through the Word of God. If you don't, hey, and I remember being a new believer. It's just like, how do I filter this decision through the Word of God when I don't know the Word of God? Okay. How do you do that? You got to start reading your Bible and you got to start praying. And my simple prayer was, Lord, help me to make the decision that honors you. And then you got the Holy Spirit because every believer has the Holy Spirit in, in them. And I can remember walking into job interviews thinking, okay, Lord, I want you, I want the job that you want for me. Okay. And I'd walk into a job interview thinking, oh, this must be the place. And then so, there were some moments when God stirred in my heart, although I didn't realize that that's what was taking place. It was the Holy Spirit kind of like giving a, a flashing red light, you know, check engine light is coming on that there's something not right here. Okay. There's something okay. not right in this situation. And I thought, okay, well, I don't understand it. I don't realize that this is the Holy Spirit saying, don't head down that path. Okay. Right. And over time I learned Hey, that's not, if there's something there that you don't have peace about something, don't move forward. Don't take that path because that's the Holy Spirit saying, well, and, be careful. And I, and I want to, I want to clarify that that's peace based on the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay. Yes. Not peace based on your own fear. Right. Because right. many times the flip side is as believers, we could be paralyzed by fear and that's the enemy. Okay. So you want peace based on the Holy Spirit. But you want to move forward in courage and boldness like Joshua and not be consumed by fear because that's the enemy. Okay. Okay. All right. So so ultimately, we want to wrap this up. 
Uh, anything, any other advice you want to give this gal? Um, I would learn, learn to influence your guy. So he would be more drawn to hear your heart because he's not hearing her heart. He's just kind of like, what's in it for me is I want a nice lifestyle and I want my way. And that's nice for you, hun. Go make all this money and basically leave the marriage in order to do that. Okay. No, I wouldn't take that path. Right. Right. So she's got to draw near to her God. Near to your God. And near to her husband. Right. And some of those things. And ultimately... She wants to have a baby. I understand that. But ultimately... Hannah wanted to have uh, a baby. Right. Right. So another good thing would be to get the book, Wives of the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tells that story. Yeah, that, that would go into... Um, there's 25 women in that book. Um, all different stories. But I know that it will help any wife um, better to influence her husband and really draw closer to the Lord and have that deeper intimacy with, with her man, is which she, she desires. A woman wants emotional intimacy. She wants connectedness. Um, but in making your decisions, always ask yourself, will it draw me closer to the Lord? Will it cause another believer to stumble? Okay, that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, will you be strengthened and encouraged and equipped in the Lord? Because oftentimes we um, might know what the scriptures say, but we are more apt to say, well, I want to take this path. And that path may not strengthen you. Um, in Christ, it may leave you more depleted and you can't effectively draw your husband closer to you or do a great job in ministry. If you're spiritually depleted, it ain't going to happen. Right. Period. Right. So those are my thoughts. Okay. Those are excellent thoughts. Hey, and before we go, you mentioned the wisdom for wives conference. Uh, tell us exactly where to find that. How much is it? Tell me all about that real quick. Oh, this is my new baby that I, I'm just so thrilled. I, you know, I've worked so many months on this project and one of the reasons why I did it was I've been asked um, to come to places all over the world to speak to um, women and wives and I'm in a season where it's not the best choice for me to leave my family and I thought well gosh you know the Lord gave us the internet let's see if I could use it for his glory so I've created uh, the Wisdom for Wives conference and I've titled it that because wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord, okay? It doesn't come from reading all these books. It doesn't come from listening to what Oprah says to do, the book of the club month or whatever she calls it. It has nothing to do with any of that. It doesn't matter what your your education is, whether you have a master's degree or no degree. It comes from, wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. So I titled the conference Wisdom for Wives Conference because if you have an understanding of what the Bible has to say about who you are as a wife, you'll have an awesome marriage. You know, you're able to um, really see God's um, roadmap, in essence, for a thriving Christ-centered marriage. So I've invited a lot of my uh, marriage-minded friends, um, speakers, to come alongside me and present this online conference. It's an online three-day conference. It's happening May 12th through the 14th. There's 14 video sessions, all different topics, ranging from not having godly role models when you were growing up to what happens when there's pornography showing up in my house to everything else in between. You know, it's a big buffet of all these different topics that wives could be faced with. Now, some are going to be faced with maybe just a few. Others could be faced with all of them. So you get to pick and choose, you know, which ones really apply to you at that time. So I just launched that um, conference. Uh, You could find everything that you want to know about it, all the speakers, all the different sessions, 
Um, everything that will be covered at here's the here's the uh, the link. It is wisdomforwivesconference.com. Simple link. It's what the conference is, wisdomforwivesconference.com. And right now you could um, sign up early, save 10 bucks, get some free free PDF resources to help you out in your marriage. And you will have access to the private Facebook group where you get to interact with the speakers. And you could get all that right now for $29.97. And... Okay. I, I and, and they can get that up until a certain point. Yes. So so they want to act now. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to go up by $10. It's going to be thirty nine ninety seven. It will go up in price and you won't get the free resources and you won't get access to the private Facebook group. And here's something that I've learned over the years in ministry with wives is, you know, wives are, their, their hearts are um, kind of like dying inside and they feel alone. Every wife at some point will feel alone. And because of the nature of her situation, she doesn't talk to anyone about it. Okay? Part of it is it is a biblical thing. You were to be discreet. Discreet, right. You know, we're not to throw our husband under the bus. But there are times when we need help. What do we do? And so I'll get hundreds of emails, just women pouring out their story. What do I do? So that's why I created the conference, to go deeper, you know. I could write a blog post. I could even write a book. But to have um, more of the interaction, um, to have a private Facebook group where you feel like, okay, this is safe. This is like-minded women. It is a, it's a Christian-based, biblically-based conference. Wisdom for wives. You're not going to get wisdom anywhere except from the Word of God. Okay? Okay. So that's where it's at, wisdomforwivesconference.com. Terrific. And then uh, if they have other questions... They certainly can go to the site and use the recorder where they can record their questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because obviously right now we can't take all the emails that are coming yeah. in. But if you want to leave a message, then you'll get on the podcast. Right, right. And I know a lot of women don't want to leave it. Um, I get that. They don't have to leave their name. They, they can don't. give a fake name. They can give a fake state. Right. We're okay with all that. Right, right. But it's this is the only way I can facilitate it. I don't have staff. It's it's Eric and I running this. And this ministry is, you know, oftentimes, in my opinion, it's so overwhelming because God's just moving it just at full speed ahead. And at some point, maybe, you know, I'll have an assistant to help me in all this. But for now, it's it's my beloved and I. And, and every now and then, I enlist my teenagers to come set up lights or whatever. So Okay, great. I'm Eric Engel. And I'm Jolene Engel at JoleneEngel.com.